Well, what a blessing it is, as I said in the beginning, for all of us to be together this morning. This feast reminds me of a couple, Beulah and Buford. They were married for 65 years. And for the most part, they had a very good marriage, but there was one challenge over which they continually fought. She was a Viking fan, and he was a Packer. On the following year, Christmas Eve, Beulah died and went to heaven. And of course, she met St. Peter there at the gate. St. Peter said, Beulah, we'd love to welcome you, but you have to pass a test. You have to be able to spell a certain word. And the word is love. And she goes, thinks to herself, my gosh, this is going to be a piece of cake. L-O-V-E, love. St. Peter says, welcome, Beulah. Come on in. The following year on Christmas Day, St. Peter had some other things to tend to in the kingdom. So he asked Beulah just to watch the gate, just in case someone should come by. Well, it just so happened that her husband passed, and there he is, greeting her at the gate. Beulah, what a pleasant surprise. It's great to see you. It's good to see you too, Buford. But I must tell you, if you are to pass through these gates, you have to pass a test. You have to spell a certain word. And as she begins to kind of reflect back on their marriage together and all the fights, every time the Packers and the Vikings played, with a little smirk on her face, she says, the word you need to spell is Czechoslovakia. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of this joke. I mean, I, I don't think I could spell that word if my life depended on it. Yes. No, it's wonderful to be together. This is a day that I look forward to every single year to celebrate this feast with you. And of course, we want to welcome any visitors that have also joined us this morning. God bless you. We always love having guests join us. And we hope that you'll come back and join us another time. So Jade and Michael Pence, parishioners of our parish, they just had another new baby. Their fourth child, little Joseph. And I'll tell you, he is cuter than a bug's ear. I brought them communion on Sunday in the hospital. I think they're home by now. When we hear of someone that we love who's going to have a child, when that child is born, it is so natural that our deepest desire is what? We want to see that baby. We cannot wait to see for the first time that child. And when we see it, 
we are once again wrapped in wonder and amazement at the gift of life. So beautiful, so precious, and yet so fragile, so little, so pure and innocent, and so helpless. All our hearts can do is melt in adoring love. And I'm struck by these newborn infants that all they can do is open their eyes and look. And what are they seeing? They're seeing for the first time all these new faces looking down at them with joyful, grateful love. And each of our gazes is baptizing the goodness of their tiny little existence, their little beings. You are so good. You are so precious. We never tire of the gospel narratives of the birth of Christ. Even to today, they continue to move us deeply. When the shepherds heard of the birth of the Savior in the town of Bethlehem, they turned to each other and what did they say? Let us go and see. Like us, they could not wait to see this little child born for them. But they were going to need different eyes. If they were going to see this child correctly, they were going to need other eyes. And the one who came into this world to open the eyes of the blind had already opened the eyes of their heart, as he did for Mary and Joseph, as he would do for the wise men who would come later. He opened their eyes so that they could behold this child with the eyes of faith. There were many people who saw this child, but all they saw was a newborn babe. That's all they saw. But when these shepherds came to the manger, like Joseph and Mary, they saw more than a newborn babe. They saw this child as the eternal Son of God. That's what John means when he says, and the word became flesh. They saw the eternal Son of God wrapped in our human nature. They saw the new eternal King and Savior of the world. And this is why they bowed in adoration. Mary held this child in her womb for nine months. 
And on this day when we celebrate his birth, she was able to hold this child for the first time in her hands. (laughs) And being the mother of God, so anxious to present to the world its savior, we can easily imagine that she probably urged these humble shepherds to hold this baby. Can you imagine this? Just here, hold him. And how these shepherds, what was that experience like? Knowing that they are holding their personal Savior, looking into those eyes, what did they see? Probably the eyes of eternal love looking right back into theirs. Eyes like oceans of mercy. That disarming, gentle, yearning gaze for nothing but their love. What would they have said as they pressed this Christ child to their heart? My Savior. My dear Savior, finally you have come. Finally you have come. Please save me. Why did we come here this morning? Why are you and I here? Did we not come to see? Did we not come to see our Savior? And like Mary and Joseph and these humble shepherds, we too are going to need different eyes. We are going to need the eyes of faith. Because like Mary placing the infant Christ in the arms of the shepherds, Mother Church wants to place into our hands Jesus Christ, our Savior. The manger is replaced by an altar. And upon this altar at every single Mass is a miracle no less great than the virginal conception of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. For here in a moment, the elements of bread and wine will be placed on this altar. And by the power of God's word and that same Holy Spirit that overshadowed Mary when she conceived Christ, By that same spirit, these elements of bread and wine will be changed into the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And if we believe this, if we are those chosen few that can approach the Eucharist with the eyes of faith, 
how will you and I receive him? He was born to save us, but he becomes the bread of life to be in us, to continue that saving work in your heart and my heart. And as we take him into ourselves, as we hold him to our hearts, what will we say? <laughs> my Savior, oh, my dear Savior, again you come to me. Again you come to me. Please save me. And he comes. He comes into these hearts that still struggle with sin so that you and I can experience a new mercy that we can make the new beginnings that we need to make. He comes into our hearts that sometimes still carry wounds from the past. He comes as the healer to heal those wounds. He comes into our hearts sometimes so weary <laughs> when we feel like we have nothing left to give and he comes with a new love that can stretch us and enable us to go much farther than we thought we could. He comes into our weakness to give us a new strength, to give us wings like eagles that we can soar much farther. He comes, he comes, he comes to save us. This is what we celebrate. So let us come. Let us come to adore him. Let us come to receive him so that we might experience anew his saving love. Amen. So we all know what a gift parents can be. Can you imagine how much Joseph and Mary loved the baby Jesus and all the ways that they showed their love for their child? Now, the same is true for your parents. Isn't it wonderful that you have parents who love you so much? What are some ways that you can think of that they show their love for you? How do they show their love for you? What are some things they do? They look after you and they make sure you don't get hurt. They feed you. What do they feed you? <laughs> Dilly bars, yes, dilly bars. I just want to make sure they're giving you the right stuff over there. What else? Yeah, yeah, Lizzie, yeah. They make sure that you're safe, don't they? Yeah, they make sure that you're safe. This little child up front here has some things to say too there. 
I can't quite make out the language, but uh, I'm sure it's good. Anybody else? What are some ways that your parents show their love for you? What are some other examples? They, wa- they do things with you, like watching movies together. Okay, what else? Any other ways that you can think of? All right, well, I'm sure if I, yes. They what? They care for you in so many ways, yep. They show their love, don't they, in so many different ways, yes. They give you a home. Do they sometimes give you a hug? Yeah. And tell stories at night? Yes. Yes, exactly. So, now, as much as your parents love you, there's certain things that they cannot do for you. This is why we need Jesus. So, for example, can your parents be with you at every second of the day, every day? But Jesus is always with you no matter what. Even when you feel lonely, Jesus is with you. Now, do you know it's hard to be good sometimes, isn't it? Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's hard to be good, isn't it? Now, your parents are wonderful. They can teach you what's right and wrong, but can they give you the grace to do what is right? Nope. Only Jesus can give you that grace. All right? Now, when you do something wrong, your parents, they're so wonderful, they forgive you, don't they? Your parents forgive you, but can your parents take away your sins? They can't take them away. Only Jesus can take our sins away. Have your parents ever, when you were little, have they threw you up in the air to play with you and then catch you again? Yes. Isn't that fun when your parents throw you up, they catch you and you're giggling and laughing? Well, even though your parents can throw you up or help you reach a branch in a tree, can they lift you to heaven? They can't do that, can they? Only Jesus can take us to heaven. So even though your parents love you very much and they show that love in many ways, we still need Jesus and these ways that he shows his love for us, don't we? So make sure you always stay close to Jesus. So I'm going to ask Jesus, the infant Jesus, to give you a special blessing tonight, okay? Open your hearts now to the blessing of Jesus. Jesus, I pray that you would bless all these children and all the children throughout the world, and especially those who are suffering, who have special needs. And I pray that you would bless them and always keep them close. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Now after Mass... St. Peter has a candy cane for you. There's a statue of St. Peter, so make sure after Mass, you take a candy cane with you, okay? Tonight, take two.